Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. First question, I always think, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. What is it about you? You were playing and instead of going to the beach for two weeks in the summer like all your teammates, you were going off to Afghanistan. Attempting or, a remarkable you know. feat uh, this year. They're planning to row across the Atlantic. It's 5,000 kilometres. It's New York to Galway. It's unsupported. I'm Damien Brown. This is Deep Roots. And once again, I'm asking you to join me on my next adventure. Day six, we are about halfway through, we're exactly halfway through actually, and um, me and Gussie have been on power anchor for the last nine and a half hours. I swapped over with him at about 10 o'clock last night to do my uh, first two hour shift, and about half an hour in, I was like, this is way too fucking sketchy. It was fucking wild out there. So it was like pitch black. Uh, I had a head torch on. I could hardly see um, the waves to my right-hand side, which I was watching because that's where they were coming from, right? Then um, it was raining, howling wind, and um, the boat was just sloshing around on top of the waves. I didn't really, couldn't make head nor tails. Couldn't get any rowing rhythm at all like so I was just floundering with one oar or the other oar and cla- clipping it into my shin or um, or in both oars into my hands uh, and it just felt I was trying to work out what to do like it just felt a bit sketchy I'm bordering on dangerous I was like what do we do here um, do I continue rowing do I let the boat just run its own course do I put out a drogue or do I put out the power anchor? And uh, 
yeah, after about 25 minutes of posing that question to myself and trying to uh, decipher what I was dealing with, I decided to put out the power anchor. So, um, we the wind was blowing kind of south southwest, and we we're going southeast. Um, so we were coming across all these waves, and earlier in the day it was it was just about okay. It was okay because I could see them, you know, and I could make early enough um, actions to to deal with what I was seeing. So it was quite safe. Um, but we were getting clipped on the side on the beam of the boat um, by the odd wave, you know, and it was knocking us off our seat or whatever. But there was a very low risk of uh, capsize. Um, but then once the darkness came and the wind's intensity, wind speed rose and uh, the ferocity of the waves rose, I think that that um, percentage increased quite a bit. So I was like, fuck this. Um, let's uh, let's put out the power anchor. Um, that'd be the best thing. It'll hold us in place overnight rather than a drug, which will just make us be blown. Like, we'll align us with the wind and the waves, but we'll just be blown um, southwest. Um, maybe a bit of south. We were lucky, but still further from our, our destination and waypoint. Um, and continued rowing was just... Uh, oh, it was pretty futile. So, um, so then I had this uh, <laughs> uh, situation to where I had to put out the power anchor, right? So, as I said to you guys before, there's a lot of faff involved in that. There's like four different ropes, and I had uh, decided to put it out into the wind, which is the opposite side than it was set up to put out on. And then when I realized I had the power anchor in the water, like just about just enough for it to have filled up so maybe about a meter from the boat uh, I realized it was inside out again so then I had this struggle with this um, parachute full of anchor even though it wasn't on it was on a short rope um, to like to um, get it back into the boat and uh, I noticed that because some of the ropes were all tangled up and it was, it was just a big fucking mess and I was like oh fuck I need to get that back in lively so uh, thankfully I had the strength to be able to pull that in over a few minutes of wrestling and uh, and then it was a case of just taking apart all the um, all the riggings the ropes and uh, and then um, rewriting the power anchor and then setting it all up again um, now remember I'm in these conditions doing that like so I'm standing on a boat Obviously, I'm clipped into the boat with my um, safety line, but uh, there's just, just this wildness all around me, and there's waves coming over the top of me. And one, I got smashed by one huge one, absolutely soaked me at one point. But um, eventually, got the power anchor in, and then I realised that the bow line I was using, uh, sorry, the stern line, um, so the line attached to the boat that it was going to be was on the other side of the boat and it would have just been a bit of a mess so I had this last minute um, uh, thing where I had to undo a shackle uh, tie that shackle onto the boat and then whip the bow line over the aerials to the um, port side where I was putting out the boat so the, 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 the other side if you get me and um, and then uh, and then re, uh, re-rig that shackle to the 
uh, stern line, the line attached to the boat, and then that would pull the boat around fully with the power anchor on the end of it. So that was all a bit of a last minute um, um, situation. And uh, yeah, and then I was like, fuck for that, that's all done. Then I spent the next few minutes just lashing everything down on deck, like oars, um, seat, everything valuable. Oars, seat, all the oars, six oars, the um, seat, the tracker, uh, something else. Um, just like just real um, last minute remedy stuff, which um, cable ties. And uh, and finally climbed into the cabin. It's absolutely soaked my skin. Because uh, <laughs> he was like, sorry i couldn't help you but i was like there's no point uh, in having to, one of us tre- treacherous enough for one of us on deck or two of us on deck it just would have been you know crazy uh, crazy decision even though like we would have been a bit faster it would have been way more dangerous so what the best thing to do was for him just to stick in the cabin and let me take care of that um, and uh yeah so crawled in and then it was just a case of like getting all the wet gear off me trying to get dry the one last thing i did do before i got into the um cabin was a we uh, one of our strategies uh, comfort strategies in uh, this crossing uh, i kind of learned from my last crossing was that um every week i have uh, a new towel so how it's basically half a towel that i've chopped up and put into a dry bag and with a couple of little treats um and there's one for um eight weeks in the in the front cabin so i went in and just grabbed one of them because i knew that like the t- towel i had in in for every day um this week was absolutely soaked so i um, i needed a fresh towel because it was so soaked to my skin so uh yeah I, I grabbed that and brought that back into the our main living cabin um in the stern of the boat and uh and yeah i was able to get somewhere dry with that and just whipped off all my clothes and put on a couple of a new pair of uh, shorts and a new top uh, base layer top and then uh, yeah myself and gussie been on power anchor ever since uh, that was probably eight hours ago um we're sloshing around here he's snoring a little bit it's not been as uncomfortable as uh, the first time i mean that was just horribly uncomfortable uh, i'm not saying it's particularly comfortable but i think we both slept pretty well and um, um yeah we've gotten through it better anyway but uh, i'm gonna go out now it's 10 a.m on uh, uh, what i would say is day six for us so the day starts for me as far as i'm concerned anyway at 10 p.m because that's when we left manhattan and finish obviously the next 24 hours later at 10 p.m. So, so we're into day six, now halfway into day six if you get me. This day will finish at 10 p.m. tonight. So, um, hopefully, we can get some rowing done now. I'm going to go out and try and just decipher the situation, um, prepare us some food, and um, and see if we can whip in the power anchor and, and do a bit of rowing before you know we lose a full day on power anchor which just basically keeps us stationary. So, uh, yeah, that's day six up there. Cheers. So, 
day six is also Father's Day in Ireland and North America. So happy Father's Day to Big Joe Brown. No doubt he is somewhere out in Ballykinelly. Um Maybe if he's lucky enough, standing on the 14th tee, looking out at the most incredible view, or even the 18th. Um, seeing if you can see us, you'd need good eyesight in fairness, but uh, <laughs> we're not we're not that close just yet. But um, happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Happy Father's Day to my bowled Gussie Farrell, my co-roar. He is dad to Amy, Bradley and Phelan back in Athenry. If you guys ever get to listen to this, you should be very proud of your dad. He is living incredibly. And he's come back from something that most people wouldn't come back from. And now he is here, I'm watching him stoically pull on the oars as the wind howls into the right-hand side of his face. And he's plugging away. So happy Father's Day to you, Gussie. And I suppose happy Father's Day to myself. Um, Even though my daughter Elodie is in Australia, they celebrated on different dates um, I'll, I'll take a piece of it Elodie I love you I miss you I'll see you soon great thing about ocean rowing is that it teaches you lessons again and again and again so if you don't if you're not super diligent and vigilant in everything you do on the boat it'll come back in some way to haunt you Uh, and just there you know whatever it was half an hour ago I came into the cabin after my shift uh, and I um, closed the hatch behind me I closed only the bottom hatch and left the or bottom handle of the hatch and left the top handle um, uh, unclosed presuming that the door was closed if one of them was closed and then a huge wave hits the top of the cabin and the water rapidly rolls over the top of it and down the face of the bulkhead and the cabin hatch and into the cabin. You know, all over my leg and some clothes and some Augusti's clothes and yeah. So there you go. 
sure everything is secured um, properly before you make your next move. So be nice and present and focused on what you're doing in that moment and understand why. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, we're back on the oars and um, yeah, I went out at about half ten and uh, I started to uh, unsecure uh, all the things, so the oars, the seat um, that I had um, used high, um, what do you call those things? Uh, um, tie knots, is it? can't remember what they're called, that's not it, but to secure last night and then uh then yeah got the deck a bit sorted and um then started the process of getting the power anchor in so that took about an hour or so 45 minutes an hour is a lot to it and then had to get some pieces out for uh, to get back rowing myself uh, get the oars back in the oar locks and then finally got to it and i did an hour there um so an hour done because he's going to do an hour now and then we'll get into Lager shifts. Uh, oh yeah, we also prepared some breakfast. Uh, had some nice apple and cinnamon uh, breakfast by Radex. It's delicious. And uh, yeah, we're cracking on now. Conditions are very similar to what they were yesterday, kind of afternoon. We're still rowing across the winds. So we're getting quite a bit of breaking water over the side, our right-hand side of our boat, our port side. And... Um, um, yeah, I just have to be real careful and watching what the water, what the um, sea is doing and trying to react to it with the oars or the, the rudder. Trying to stay on that bearing that's going to bring us kind of most efficiently to the, oh, the, the holy grail of the Gulf Stream. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit... Uh, I say that like, with a titch of... A, tinge of uh, cynicism or maybe even sarcasm because um, uh, from my experience these things that you set expectations around never live up to those expectations so uh, and Gussie has been very focused on uh, the Gulf Stream and like that it's the um, solution to all our problems it's not um, and uh, he's probably going to have a bit of a tough realization around that at some point will it help perhaps more like probably but um we'll see right so my uh the one thing i've learned through uh, life um, particularly the way i've lived it and training consistently constantly um pursuing a goal or something I want to achieve or uh, being ready for something I want to achieve and or pushing my boundaries uh, physically or mentally is to be uh, focused on the present moment and control what you can control in that moment that gets you where you want to get to. So I want to get to the Gulfstream of course but that's totally outside my control. What I can control is uh, the here and now and it's the body position and technique of what I'm doing to get more out of each stroke that's going to add up over time um, to get me to the um, waypoint, 
where Trinet wears, uh, which is um, coordinates in the Gulf Stream, uh, or uh, the effort I'm putting through the oars. If I am every time I have a, a repetition to do, it's an opportunity to um, to flush the efforts, like to to nail the technique and the intention through that technique, and that's what's getting me there. Um, uh, it's not thinking about where that is or how many miles to go and counting down the miles. That's all outcome orientation. That's all a disempowered state, and that's why it doesn't serve you um, in performance. So it's just about coming back to the here and now. What is within my control right now that can get me to um, that goal I've set myself? So uh, I just I've wired that in. So it's very default now. So. You know, Gussie is talking a lot, not a lot, but, you know, he's, he, uh, whatever, for whatever reason, he sees the Gulf Stream as this kind of, um, uh, fabled land that we have to get to where everything will be easier, and I know that's not the case, and, uh, I know that, um, with that kind of focus, um, and expectation, there's going to be a bit of a fall, so I, uh, I don't, you know, there's no point in particularly um, disrupting his thoughts around that with, with uh, what I believe because um, um, it, it just, it, like our relationship would just become this constant, uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is, you know, I think differently, no, I think, you know, and that's not going to. That's not really going to serve us moving forward. So, uh, yeah, you got to learn your own lessons a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Gulfstream is, by all accounts, according to our weather router, 60 nautical miles. The edge of it is 60 nautical miles away, and uh, the middle of it is whatever, 100 nautical miles away, something like that. So that's uh, that's where we're headed to now. Um, yeah, I don't know why I got I've, I've lost my trail of thought here. Um, but uh, don't know why I started talking about that. That's not coming back to me. So what I'll say is, I am pretty happy with progress so far, glad to be off Power Anchor, um, happy Father's Day to everyone, Day 6 has finally gotten itself going for us and we're, um, we're hitting the oars hard and trying to move ourselves a little bit further along. Boat's moving great. Um, power anchor wasn't too bad. And um, yeah, we'll we'll crack on and get this first week in the books. It's kind of the first week is always difficult, as I said. So you know you're finding your feet in this very foreign environment. So um, so I think once we get that under us it'll be um, 
hopefully daily la daily life and tasks will be a bit easier. Alright, cheers. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.